one that no one can see. <laughs> I can't believe. About right. I just can't believe that you cut meat, and that's hilarious because yeah, it is really cool. <laughs> it's just bizarre. Like, did not expect that. You're not expecting <laughs> that women cut meat. Um. Yeah, that or the Spanish Inquisition. I mean, or the heck. Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> you normies just don't understand. Normies. Well, guys, we are back live. We're going to try to get some Facebook Live going today, too, so we don't have to monitor it as much. So if you're on Facebook Live and watching, please let us know. Um, they're still doing some tweaks to it so we can watch it. I am going to try to make sure everything works good on this end, but we never, 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 never know. It's going to take me a minute to get some stuff ready. Um, other than that, what are we at? Episode 32, correct? 32. Three twos. Mm -hmm. All right. And as you notice, we have someone new down here in the bottom of the corner. Eh, she's not our really new. Guest host. She is our guest host, a familiar face you may have seen on a few other episodes. On a few. Plus, she's my one of my players on my Star Wars Destiny game. Uh, Jackie. How you doing, Jackie? Oh, wonderful. Liar. I feel bad for you guys. I'm not even supposed to be here. You just accidentally called me. <laughs> okay, so we'll, we'll describe what we're doing. Um, we They did a huge update to XSplit, and so we were checking things out and making sure everything was working, um, just getting things going. And so I had to call the guys to get on um, Skype to make sure we could hear everybody and everybody was doing things. And all of a sudden, I clicked on Jackie, and her picture came up and went, oh, that's not who I meant to call. So I went, uh, click, click. Click. She answered. I was like, crap. Hopefully she didn't, didn't get mad at me for calling her on accident. And so she was on, and so we kept her on the whole time. So Yeah. We kind of uh, hijacked her. We did. Why I get Chooks and you guys, I hijacked you. I was <laughs> <laughs> so, it, was, it was mind control. Um, so if you're on Facebook, guys, send a quick message on there so we can see it. Um... We want to make sure everything sounds okay, looks okay. Uh, guys, how are so we sounding? It looks in? like it's just me. So far, uh, give me a quick text in there, John, so we can get everything. Oh, product placement. Product placement. Oh, hey. Spelling poorly, too. Let's yep. run out of capitalize, John. Yep. Still getting an anonymous on there, but hey, we'll just get what we get. Yep, anonymous. Yep. Okay. No biggie. We'll have to get what we get. All right, so other than that, um, I show that we got about two people on Facebook Live, about seven people on Twitch. Guys, we're going to be doing a giveaway later today. Uh, we will be giving away... Uh, reach up here. It's a mouthful. The Warhammer 40K 30 Edition Exclusive Primaris Interceptor Veteran Sergeant. <laughs> Yay, say that three times fast. So no. What he means is it's a plastic space marine model, but yes. it's really cool. It's a big one because it's Primaris. It's not one of those small, yeah. wimpy, regular it's the, space marines. It's the Terminator-sized regular space marine. <laughs> yeah. The two-wound variety. I, I just, I, yeah, I don't even well, understand that whole, well, you know, we had Terminators. Why couldn't you just make them have two wounds? Wait a minute. I think they also it's, have two wounds. It's, it's been a while since I've played 40K. Uh, I, I just call them different. plasma bait. Yeah. So, guys, if you are watching and would like to be in this drawing we'll do it right before the media section uh where we'll also be doing a drawing for our mini and kathy what mini are we giving away today um first of all what time is the media section 
is it seven fifty nine that you're going to be doing the pretty giveaway? Much. So everybody knows. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. So, uh, the mini I'm doing, I have finished for the giveaway is a Malifaux. It's here somewhere. It's on my desk somewhere. It seems <laughs> to have. Uh, it's behind something. Um, Your desk is like my desk. You can't find it. It's a. Uh, it's one of the old metal Malifaux. Uh, what's her name? Pandora. Uh, uh, I think you meet uh, Colette de Bois, not uh, Glendora. Yeah, with the hat, top hat, the showgirl type. You totally know what I'm trying to say. Thank I you, figured. John. That's why we keep you around. Translating cat. <laughs> I'm helping. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah. so if, if you're on Facebook, you will need to log on to Twitch, make an account on Twitch. Follow us on there. If you're not a follower on Twitch, make sure you follow, subscribe. Also, if you have an Amazon Prime account, you oh, yes. can follow us and be a subscriber to our channel, which actually gives us more revenue. So we can make, make cooler things, buy cooler things, get things out to you. Um, which we had a... Your, uh, Twitch to uh, Amazon Prime. It'll give you Twitch Prime. And then you get one free subscription a month that you can use to subscribe to anyone, hopefully us. Which we had a really, really weird one. We gave away, uh, last week we gave away uh, the <laughs> kickoff. Uh, the Guild Ball Kickoff Guild box set. Guild Ball Kickoff. Um, but when I decided to try to figure out how much it would cost to ship, which was something to the UK, I said no. I couldn't ship it. So what I did instead of shipping it is I bought him a new one at a local Amazon area and had it sent <laughs> to him because it was about 40 bucks, oh, 50-some-odd bucks cheaper for yeah, me to it ship it. Yeah, I, actually, it came down to the cheapest way for me to get that uh, kickoff to him by sending him our copy was $90. Yeah, it was... It was outrageous. So, instead of doing that, which we still gave it to him, I just went and bought one on Amazon UK and had it sent from local Amazon to him. Um, so, he should be getting that, like, Tuesday. Also, Xander's miniature that I painted for him, which was my heretic, oh, yeah. um, got sent in the mail today. So, that should be to him. Um, we'll be give, so we'll giving away that Marine, our other model today, uh, for our patron subscribers. Um, and then next week, of course, we'll do another giveaway. Uh, we will also uh, give away uh, the kickoff also again, uh, possibly to someone local that's not going to cost us 900 arms and legs to send. In the lower 48 yeah. of the U.S. <laughs> Honestly... It's not too bad shipping to Hawaii and Alaska. We no. could probably add them if they're in, but yeah, it was just easier just to buy him a whole new game. Yeah, problem solving. <laughs> I, I appreciate yeah. problem solving. Yeah, so it make that a lot easier. Uh, today's episode, we're going to talk about house rules. Yep. Um, I have been asked to give a review impression of Star Wars Legion, um, so let's make sure we do that sometime today. Give me about ten minutes before we do our drawing, and I'll do an impression of that while I'm painting. Because today I'm going to work my ATST. Uh, work on that. I did finish Vader, and I'll show some pictures of that. So, with that said, what are we drinking tonight, guys? Let's go with our guest. Oh my God. Let's go with our guest <laughs> first. Kathy, you are not allowed to drink. Kathy is not allowed to drink tonight, guys, because she's already talking about licking thighs and fishnet I, pantyhose, and she's 30 minutes I behind. She is cut off. <laughs> <laughs> have nothing uh if my husband is watching he could bring me 
an ice house, but if not, I guess I'll survive. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I think that's ended up happening about every time I've been on the show. I've made a request to the audience for an ice house, and one has, has appeared. It, it magically appears before you. That's awesome. I, I think like he might be listening, happen. too. I think we all want a nice house. No. no. Just kidding. None of you guys want a nice house. No. None of you. I live in a nice house. <laughs> so, guys, like I said, uh, before we get, if you are watching, because you see, yeah, he just said it's on the way. <laughs> <laughs> if you are watching, make sure that you click follow on our thing. Just get into the drawing, because we'll be doing drawings for, like, the next 10 to 12 weeks, I think. Yeah, I got lots of drawings. Kathy's already showing what she's drinking. Well, she probably needs to slow down a bit. Kathy, what are you drinking? Uh, I'd be the Kraken and the uh, and the Coke, and, the and Coke. also some coffee. And I'm hearing the noises of tea being made in the background. So probably some Earl Grey, hot. <laughs> and before we get to John, if you are listening right now, please put up what you're drinking so we can also see because. We like to see what everybody's drinking because maybe we'll try it later. Truth. John, what are you drinking? I have some uh, Serpent's Bite uh, apple cider whiskey mixed with probably too much Sprite, but that just means I won't get drunk as fast. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I got to talk about one drink before we get started. I'll tell you right now, you know the Not Your Father's product? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they do a Not Your Father's cream soda. Oh, that shit will get, I'll get in trouble with that. Okay. Yeah. I was sitting there, I was playing uh, my video game on the, on the PS4, and I was drinking, and I was like, man, this cream soda is really good. And I went, man, j -j -j wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not drink that fast with it. It was yeah, really, really good. I was through all the uh, root beers, the alcoholic root beers. Mm. It was really good. good. So if you like cream soda, because it doesn't taste like alcohol at all, so that's good. The root beer's a little safer because it, it has a little bit of taste. Yeah. Like, okay, I know this is alcoholic, but it's not, like, off-putting. Correct. You, you, you can taste the alcohol, but whenever you're drinking the cream soda, you're like, yeah, this is, uh, oh, shit. I'm going to have to try that out and see if uh, see if the roomie can drink it, too. No, oh, it's good. Um, my drink today is I'm having a I'm product placement here, some Brahms and a chocolate shake, and I'm finishing off the rest of my Maker's Mark. I've already got a glass full. Oh, that really is the last of it there. Yeah, here, here's my last bit. I got like a tiny, tiny sip down here. You got a swallow, yeah, sure. Yeah. So I'm going to finish that off. So guys, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Thanks for coming in safe. Keep yourself safe. Cheers, friends. Cheers. I have a drink Cheers. now. Cheers. <laughs> my glass is empty. Then fill it. This is a problem you can solve. Hey, you gotta just look over and go, Jim, liquor, now. Hey, like the wise man said, if you got a problem, yo, I'll solve it. Did you just say Jim liquor? <laughs> <laughs> uh, not on the cast. I think that would get us in trouble on Twitch. No, it won't. If I, if, <laughs> you, if we can, eyeball. if women can, oh, as long as it's on the oh. eyeball. <laughs> oh. I'm dying. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> it's gonna be one of those nights. I guess there's Kathy's knowledge of drink. So, uh, so we're talking about. Um, I'm gonna switch over to the uh, the paint cam. Rolls. 
while we're doing this. <laughs> we heard talk about house rules. <laughs> uh, love them or hate them, which ones do you like, which ones do you hate, and why? And, and why you use them, and, you know, what purpose they serve, and when is a good time, when's not a good time. There are times, definitely, that you need to make house rules, and there definitely are other times that uh, house rules just break a game, and you don't realize it until it's too late. Hey, here's my Vader. Nice job. Yeah. I gotta do a little he's bit touch-it. He's got the glowy oh. OSL, too, yeah. I think. Yeah, I gotta fix that. Oh, but... a little bit there. All right. Oh, and there's my stormtrooper. Also on the base, you want to consider uh, having that also on the base. Yeah, I've got to do a little bit of brushing on the grass and stuff. But here's well, one of my stormtroopers. on the base because Vader's got very shiny armor, so it makes sense that it would reflect off the armor, but maybe not the ground. Oh, it would reflect off the ground too. Just saying, it wouldn't be out there. And you've got not, uh, yeah, not as extreme. You've got a bruise trooper. I love that the black and blue. I think that looks fantastic. Yeah. Just kind of working on it. It was just one of the paint schemes I'm going to do from one of my units because I've got a whole entire. Is he going to have a tiny little insignia on his shoulder? I feel like you should have a little symbol painted there if you can manage it. Um, probably not going to do an insignia. I'm just going to highlight it up some. I also think maybe you should do the blue line like you have on the arms and legs uh, on the uh, the chest piece. Do like right in here, like this area, like his boobs? Uh, well, his pecs, yes. Would probably be best. But even just having it somewhere, even if it goes like from the shoulder pad or opposite uh, down, just it would it would break up the the stark blackness of that and, yeah. and really make it better. And someone's well, I mean, if you did, if you threw a little highlighting on there, it wouldn't be a stark blackness necessarily. Well, I think, I think I, this I think area right here, just because it, it, it some somewhere in there just needs something. Yeah, the, this part right here, the stomach area. Uh, I think I'm going to paint that gray and highlight that up just so it definitely gives some contrast between the two. I would do that first, then see if you need to add the Correct. stripe. But I think the stripe would definitely help. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so make it look like racing stripes. Racing stripes. Ah, yes. And just wait for the guys with the red stripes. I hear they go faster. Nope. Blue. Did you not see that? <laughs> the Olympic Committee said that the favorite color for speed skaters and for fast skaters now is blue. That was an oh, orc joke from forty K. I know, but there's also an orc there's also an orc cartoon where the they were talking about the Olympics and they're showing all these Olympic skaters in blue and this orc is playing on the computer and he's got this look like, Well fuck. Well it's a lucky You color. know what? I thought I thought, Gonzo, that you were going to say that the Olympic committee outlawed red stripes because they didn't want <laughs> Make to you go faster. <laughs> Make you go faster. That's, all right. that's where I thought you were going. I had right. my, my blood axes paint all their vehicles black because then no one would see them coming. <laughs> all right. So house rules before we digress too much more. All right. So what's a house rule? Let's go with board games. Do we have any board game house rules? Yes. What's, what, what game and what is it? Uh, so the game that uh, some friends of mine and I play, it's archaic. It's like not in print anymore. It's called Age of Renaissance, and it's an old Avalon Hill board game. Oh, yeah. It's all, you know, map of the world in the Renaissance era. You're, it's, you're expanding. You're, you're getting commodities. You're getting resources. Um, there's economic stuff. Uh, but what we did was there's a card called Crusade, and if you get it early in the game, it totally will break it. 
Um, I mean, if you get it in the beginning of the game, it's a foregone conclusion that you're going to win and everybody else is going to spend two hours just trying to catch up. Uh, so we decided rather than you place your city in, in Acre, in the Mediterranean, in you know, the Lebanon region, you place your city in Acre so that you can immediately expand on it, expand outwards on your same turn, that breaks the game. So we have it where you put your city there, but you cannot expand out on the same turn. You can expand on the next turn. And it's just, it's a small tweak. But that's our house rule for that game. And, you know, it really helps without, you know, one person as a foregone conclusion as a winner, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so that was... That was our uh, that was our good one, you know. And that's and the our... best. What's that's that? The best. That's the best use for house rule, where you know something is going to break the game. So instead of letting it, you go, all right, we're not going to let this happen. We're going to have if we draw this, this happens, so that it doesn't break the game. And we continue to have fun. Yeah, and it's not like we eliminated the card. We just tweaked it a little, you mm-hmm. know. So it's, you know, just you can still get out there, but. Yeah, and you don't want to get too crazy with your house rules. You don't want to get too strong. You know, we could have just pulled that card out of the game completely. We could have gone in a different direction. Mm-hmm. You know. And and uh, Maxim DT mentions that uh, a good one that everyone will get is Monopoly. No one actually plays Monopoly right. No, or almost no one. Uh, they without realizing because everyone's learned from somebody else who learned from somebody else that they're all technically using some variation of the same house rules. Like what is one monopoly house rule that everybody does? Uh, the free parking. Oh yeah. Free I mean, parking, yeah. Yeah, I mean, everyone does it. Like monopoly under its basic rules is brutal as crap and will not last forever. I seriously don't remember uh, exactly what free parking does. I thought that was the one where you get to collect all the money from in the middle. Yeah, but where you everybody the, you don't put the money in the middle actually. You, yeah. You, you free park. I think that's parking. a house rule. Yeah. Yeah, it's a house rule that you put it in the middle and then you take that money. Uh, also, what is free parking supposed to do? You just sit there and you don't pay anything. Yeah, that's it. Because technically, every other spot, either you're paying for it or you have to buy it. And if you don't buy it, you technically auction that off to whoever wants to pay you pay the most of the price for it. So do you know how long it's been since I've played Monopoly? Hopefully a long time, because Monopoly is not a great game. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> sure I was probably like 12. Uh, I, I think I've... I have a Monopoly-like game called Solar Quest that I've played much more recently than that because it was actually good. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, shots fired. So that's sort of I like know. an example of All a house rule. All these people know that... the Monopoly rules, and I'm amazed. In the uh, Twitch chat, I'm like yeah. amazed that all these people know Monopoly a... because, like I said, I haven't played since I was like preteen. It, it's a gamer meme because everyone's like, "Oh, you play games like Monopoly," and we're all like, "Oh, Monopoly is so bad." And people don't know. They like they, they judge gaming off Monopoly, but that's thing. So yeah, no. I I play cribbage. I mean, if you say card games, I'm like, seriously, I have a deck of cards. I play I play cribbage. I play Crazy Eights, which is like what Uno originally was. Mm-hmm. 
Anyways, I'm done. Oh yeah. So, uh, any other? Anyone else have any uh, board game uh, house rules? Or I have a I have a horrible board game house rule. Oh, hit us. Uh, which was we were playing Australia Rails at a friend's house, and oh. normally the only Rails game they play is Dragon Rails, Iron okay. Dragon Rails, which is a huge map. There's there's tons of crazy stuff going on with it. Um, so there are house rule is that you can borrow from the bank and it makes sense in dragon Ra iron dragon rails because the map is so big uh but we were playing australia rails and the map is much smaller for the um the real life map maps of the world mm -hmm. and uh there they wanted to play where you can borrow from the bank <laughs> and it it tips were like well okay and so the two of them kept borrowing, borrowing, borrowing from the bank. And me and Jim are playing like the normal way. Like, I don't need to borrow from the bank. I'm okay. And those two just blew us out of the water. It was so broken. Well, yeah, that's a good example of one that maybe didn't need to be in the game. And, you know, yeah. a, a bad thing about those rules is if someone's used to not playing it, they're not going to get the same effect out of it. Yeah. So, so that was... one was, this keeps the game from becoming a foregone conclusion. The other one is one where it sort of definitely helps people who are used to it. Yeah, it completely broke the game. So it may work in Iron Dragon Rails because the map and the mechanics of the game are slightly different. But, you know, in another Rails game, you know, not kosher. Would not but... recommend. But it is good to try that once. You're like, okay, we tried it once that way. We don't feel like it works. <laughs> yeah. I'll do that again. I mean, that's Definitely. sort of a thing. I, I've seen with the the sort of weird focus that everyone has on tournament games, house rules sort of get left by the wayside. Um, yeah. But, uh, Jackie, do you have any uh, house rules for, like, a board game or anything? I do. I have some good ones and some bad ones. <laughs> All right. The whole time you guys have been talking about them, I've been ruining over uh, – so in my family growing up, everybody played Risk. I mean, we played Risk easily two or three times a week. Oh, yeah. And I guess it got boring, and my dad made a new house rule. I don't know if you'd call it house rule. So you know how all the countries connect. You can't attack Australia from the United States, for example. You can if you draw new lines on the board. <laughs> so he went and drew all these awful connecting lines. I was winning a lot that week. Um, and I, I don't play Risk with him anymore. Uh, Australia is where you go to die. It's not where you go to attack Brazil. That's just a fact of the matter. That's fair. <laughs> fair. I can't even wrap oh my, my head God, around that. Oh my God, that is so accurate. You can't <laughs> attack Brazil from Australia. Yeah, uh, good. I'll, I'll make sure he watches this and hears this. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I recently was playing Dark Souls. Uh, I was trying to get back into that for a little bit just because it's been a while since I played it. Uh, it kept beating me when I first got it, so I stopped playing it. Uh, we recently modified the way you allocate souls in that game, and that was really nice. Uh, we wrote it down, so we have like official some official house rules. You get souls like currency. It's a very difficult game, so when you're playing with like a younger brother, it's nice to make it a little easier. Yes. Oh, I have a house rule for Power Grid, too. Oh, Power Grid, okay. You ready? Yeah. Don't play it. 
to bring that one up the next time somebody brings Power Grid to our gaming day. Oh, shots fired. I have a friend who really loves to play on the Germany side, and he's the only one who loves it. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, some some of us love games. Everyone else is like, I just don't like playing that game, dude. Sorry. Um, Micro actually doesn't actually play enough of any one board game to have house rules for it. We just sort of play it as it falls and then just continue on and play something else. Because, I mean, it's a rare point if we play the same board game twice in two months. Yeah. Much less twice in a year, to be honest. <laughs> We're big. You know, we'll play a game once or twice and then like, oh, cool. And then put it aside and go do something else. Yeah. That's that's how our game group is normally. Uh, we were on a, a Battlestar Galactica jag with the board games for a little bit. Uh, we realized that when there's a lot of people coming over for board game day and there's only like four or five of us playing, all of a sudden everything is way too distracting for such a long game. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so we decided that we probably should save that game for just another day. Yeah. Uh, but that's another game, actually, that we had a house rules for. Um, because it's so difficult for the humans to beat the Cylons. Yes. Uh, we would, and this was actually recommended by Fantasy Flight and FAQs. We would actually turn the dials like one or two uh, extra on, the, uh, on all the different, uh, oh, what do you call them? You know. Like the food and the and the yeah, all the dials and yeah on all the Resources. dials. So, thank you. <laughs> My vocabulary I, is deserting me. I haven't played BSG, so I I have to sort of throw out shots it, in the dark. Yeah, um, it's a fun game though. That's that's one of those games where, you know, you don't know if you're actually going to be a Cylon or a human right away, um, all the time. Watch like the TV show. Yep. Much like the TV. Exactly. That's what we liked about it. Yeah. You I mean, know? It sounds fun. That sounds like a game that's difficult enough that a good house rule, especially if FFG supports it, yes. is good. Yeah. At which point it doesn't really be a house rule. It becomes an official variant. Yeah. They, they, I've it, noticed. It's really hard to win as the humans with the current rule set mm -hmm. because you don't know if you're going to be working for the good guys or the bad guys per se until few rounds in so you have to be careful of what you do and yeah. they can the cylons so the after walking where the humans could you. be really building stuff up you're like i'm not sure if i'm gonna be a human I need to, to chill yeah. a little well yeah. and and if you have the uh the sympathizer card mm -hmm. it, uh once you get to the middle of the game uh you may or may not be a sympathizer depending on whether if one of your dials is is into the red you don't get that extra Cylon. Okay. So, so you're sitting there, if you're humans, you're sitting there like, I should make sure that we fudge something so that at least one of our resources gets into the red. So, so we don't have don't another Cylon, yeah. Cylon. But if, you're, if you start so out as a Cylon, it. you're trying to, to make sure things succeed at the beginning so you get the extra Cylon in the middle of the game. Huh. It's, yeah, it's... So say, like I said, uh, that's when we're where some things become actual uh, variants of it. And I've noticed with newer board games, they put less variants in the rules. They put out the rules, and like, this is the game, you play it. 
where a lot of old games I have, they have a lot of like, here's another way to play it. Here's another way, to, another different way to play it. They'll have like two or three variants at the back of how to play them. And I've noticed maybe it's just, you know, amount of time people have to work on games. Maybe it's just how tight games are designed nowadays. But uh, some of those games will need uh, house rules to make them fun. Well, That's nowadays what... it's so much easier to put out FAQs and errata online. True, but not everyone's online. Not everyone's plugged in. you got to remember how much of the narration are old grognards nowadays. That's true, but they're dying off. I know. I've been to some of their funerals. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> well, uh, let's graduate to the, the, the games that tend to be more likely to have house rules, I find. which Let's go with one that where it's sort of a dirty word, dirty phrase, house rules. Let's talk about miniature games. Ooh. Because the, I don't want to, let's say the focus on tournaments and competitive play has sort of hurt the house ruling of miniatures games. Yes. And it's not necessarily bad, but it's also not good. Well, I mean, because in, in tournament play, it's XYZ. That way, everybody knows. So when you go to another tournament in another, way, another place, it's always going to be back to how it's going to be. Yeah. You're not going to go and go, oh, we play heels as level X, but, oh, well, we play Forest as, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So it's hard exactly. to do that. You really, and some of that matters on your game store of what you have for terrain. You'll, you'll, you'll do some house rules of terrain, so I've been thinking about just to be based on what your store has. Like, if your store doesn't have any of a certain type of terrain, you'll work it out so that you can still play the game minus that type of terrain. Correct. Or, you know, back in the day when falling down jacks in water was horrific, oh. someone played water oh. as water. That's ice. It's just, you know, difficult terrain. Like, <laughs> eh, eh, whatever, dude. But, yeah. uh, you know, so that happens a lot. Um, we always figured as long as you determined it before you started the game, before you started rolling dice, you know, then it's fine. Yeah. Here you go, Gonzo. How many times have you played on a table with deep water? Um, very, 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 very little, because that was one of the reasons why a lot of people switched to hordes. Like, oh, my jacks don't go out, my beasts don't go out if I knock them down. Good to go. I'll take a what horde on any day. Deep water, not shallow water. Deep water. Where well, amphibious stuff just hides. Like, yeah, I'm in deep water. Suck it. Yeah, you you didn't see deep water. You barely saw shallow water. Um. I had a guy take Shay, who's amphibious, and go, I'm in deep water. You can't affect me. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I guess your opponent shouldn't have said okay to deep water then. Yeah. But after that, everyone's like, you know, we're never going to deep water again. That's broken, blah, blah, blah. Correct. You don't so, ever I mean, see it. You never see it, hardly ever. And I find, for the most part nowadays, if you see uh, miniature games have house rules, they're going to be terrain-related. Yes. Uh, like Infinity, yes. we do a rule where you can't you can shoot into a building, you can shoot out of a building, but you may not shoot through a building. Yeah, I can see that. Just to keep line of fire is a little more thing, like, oh, there happens to be a door on both sides, just shoot you through the door, no one's expecting that, because you don't have a good panoramic view of the table. Um, but that's a house rule, in a tournament people will be confused, like, what are you doing, you're not shooting through? And, and, you know, we'll do stuff like you can't go through the windows and stuff like that, you have to use the actual doorways. Um, but that's one terrain-related. I actually haven't seen really a actual house rule for a miniature game ooh, in a long time. No. Me neither. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't think so because I mean, everything's so set in stone and everybody's and I don't want to say everybody's rigid, but everybody always plays towards tournament rules. And, and, and I understand that because if you're going to play tournaments, you don't want to go somewhere where a house rule is blah, 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 because that's not what you've been playing for. So you can get screwed by a house rule while you're playing. So yeah, it's, you, it's just more uniform and it totally makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Which is understandable. I mean, I don't want to go to my store that has shallow water, um, you know, is you know xyz and then i go to a tournament and they go oh no our forest table that have that i mean it changes up the entire gameplay and you have to change up your entire strategy yeah and 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 it's hard when you have so house rules for miniature games are useful when you have a group that always gets together and always plays because you guys know the rule correct like if someone randomly played us in infinity I would either, hopefully I remember to tell him our rule on, on buildings just to make it easy, or if he did that, I'm like, well, we usually allow that, but go ahead. You know, I'm not going to get, say no, it is a house rule, and you have to you have to be generous with that when you're doing something with terrain and someone may not know. Yeah, you can't get up um, about it. But more likely than that, uh, you're going to see them in campaigns. Uh, we're running an Armada campaign, and uh, one of my buddies is like, I feel it's silly that it is almost impossible for your admiral to die. I'm like, well, they sort of made it that way. Because, like, I blew up a ship with an admiral on He's like, is the guy admiral dead? I'm like, no, your admiral's not dead. It's just you can't use his ability anymore. He's like, oh, okay, that's strange. I mean, there should be a way for admiral to die. I'm like, well, it's not really. He's like, well, what if he's on a, a ship that... So Armada has a function where if your ship gets destroyed, you have to repair it after the game, or it's not as good the next game. And if it gets destroyed again without you repairing it, it goes away forever. He's like, well, what if it's on one of those scarred ships? I'm like, still, he just gets an escape pod and gets away. He's like, well, that's crap. I think we should change that so that if he's on a scarred ship and it gets blown up, he goes away forever. Like, that's harsh, but, I mean, if they don't have any problem, I don't have any problem. Yeah. As long as it's something they agree upon, it's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. And, honestly, if you're playing a campaign and a rule's not working, maybe you should look at fixing the rule. If you think something's unbalanced, like, you know... Let's say you're playing a War Machine of Hordes campaign and you're not using steamroller scenarios, you're using something else. There's whatever else may be out there. Let's say you want to say, uh, you know, killing a caster doesn't end the game, you get to continue with whatever rules. Well, that's fine. Try that stuff out. I mean, you, you kind of have to. That's sort of the point of house rules is to give you a uh, give you an extra avenue of, of playing the game. But make sure you just try it out with the guys in there. Don't get too used to it and try it out with some random person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't go and say, hey, this is how we worded this here. And that person's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Douchey and then, douche. Sort of the opposite to the uh, uh, miniature game is the one where house rules are prevalent and really welcome would be role-playing games. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I know Jackie can speak about one of our house rules that we do for Donna Harbinger because I think it fits the Star Wars theme and fits what Star Wars means. And, well, Jackie, we also have to do some rolling to make sure how dark your character is. We do. I exploited that rule the second you said we could. (laughs) (laughs) So So what's this rule? What it is is uh, in Star Wars Destiny, if you want to use a force power, you have to roll your force die. And if it doesn't come up with a force white die, you don't get to use your force power. Oh, wow. Um, and so it could be that you could spend quite a bit of time not doing any force abilities. So I, I brought it up to our group and said, hey, I really think 
you know, because you're supposed to be tempted by the dark side a lot. Um, and so I made a point that if you roll your force die and you get a black die, a black dot come up, you can use that, but you are pushing yourself to the dark side of the force. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, I mean, which is, if you think about it, uh, Jackie, what, what did you use it for? Uh, one of our characters, Malikia, got uh, very crucially wounded in battle, seeing her be wounded. Um, I did not fight for the intentions of us winning, I fought, in a sense, for vengeance upon the character that was harming her. And what she did is she used that force ability and she used it in an aggressive manner. And when she uses it as an aggressive manner, it pushes her to the dark side. And so now, she and you think you have to be consciously able to do that. You have to say, I'm going to use this dark side point. It just doesn't happen. You know what I'm saying? And so she used it, and within conscious intent of using a dark side for that purpose, and when she did, she, you know, has got to suffer the consequences of her action, which is coming up. Mm-hmm. We got to do that before the game. So yeah, uh, um, I think I Tuesday. felt I used it pretty appropriately. I figured for something of that nature, it's got to be really role play driven. Yeah. Uh, one of my pet peeves in role playing is when someone goes. I intimidate the guard and roll dice. Oh no, no, no! You have to replay that out. Like, what? What exactly? How are you intimidating the yeah, guard? In I, what way are you? Yeah, give me an example. You can't just say <laughs> I look at him seductively. The chef. Oh no! You must woo him. Let's hear it. Although I have to say, um, as somebody who is not always on point with her improv skills, uh, there are nights when I'm not on and I am not necessarily able to act out you know what it is that i have in my head and there are a lot of people who are are not so good at you know doing the improv kind of thing so you i can would just give describe it you know like i grab him by his throat jack him up against the wall and intimidate him into letting us in yeah punch him until he agrees <laughs> yeah but i mean you just can't go i'm gonna intimidate this guy roll dice he lets us in i mean i mean you technically yeah you can if you want to you do, that do that way him with my yeah never mind you'd be like oh i show him the guns yeah those guns that's what i meant yeah <laughs> <laughs> but that's half the fun um so we're running uh the adventure of sewer bears running with the champion system but it's champions is kind of counterintuitive because inherently in the rules you want to roll low for hitting and skill checks and high for damage and that breaks people's brains. So I've been working on a system where it swaps it all, so you want to roll high for everything, so everyone's just trying to roll high. Gotcha. And that's sort of a house rule I've been working on for a while. Just yeah, it was, And that's sort of one of the uses of it. Sometimes there's just a rule that doesn't doesn't make sense or is really messing with people's brains. Um, there's also, I mean, uh, there was old uh, house rules for D&D 4th Edition, where instead of the game master have to roll for anything besides damage. Literally, the players rolled everything. Hmm. I can see that. So instead of it, you know, being, oh, my armor class is, you know, 21, you go, my armor class is plus 11. So he rolls the die and sees if uh, the, you know, if the enemy hits or not. You, you sort of reverse the math. And that's cool stuff you can do with, uh, with games. Uh, I've actually thought about doing that in Champions, but I really like rolling dice and make my players scared. Yeah, especially rolling it and then not telling them what you're doing, what you're rolling it for. 
Oh, I do that all the time. Yeah, that's my DM I wish, all the time. I wish our DM <laughs> did that, like, you know, rolling dice for just, you know, whatever thing, and then bam. There we go. You know? hmm. But he does an interesting thing that he does, which is the, uh, uh, yeah, he'll have us roll, like, a d20 just for, uh, coincidence. Shiggles. Yeah, on the <laughs> off chance that whatever he has in his mind, and he'll roll a d20, and if if you roll the same number he did, then whatever he is thinking of happens. Interesting. You know? I, if I'm thinking of something cool that needs to happen, yeah. it just happens. I mean, it's cool. If it's well, cool, everyone's going to think it's cool. But... cool. Oh. It's always a horrible thing. That's oh. why he's like, well, roll coincidence and see if this horrible tragedy happens to you. <laughs> oh, that's my. like every one of my games. I just make horrible, <laughs> tragic things happen no matter what. Yeah, it's like Norn's lot in life. Oh, not like, not like. Oh, Archie, roll a dice. I'm gonna fuck your character. No, you're gonna fuck your character. <laughs> it's just gonna happen. It's just gonna happen. But, it's well, life. And, and part of it is like, it could be, it could be John's character. It could be Jack's character. It could be my character. You don't know which one it's gonna be. You know. Yeah. It's everybody. And uh, I, I like it. There's an element of uncertainty. You know, sometimes whatever it is doesn't happen, but there's just the threat, and you're like, oh, my God, what's he rolling for? Yeah. You know? And actually, uh, I think D&D is another one where there are house rules for, like, Monopoly that people have always used. Yes. Like, you tell me someone who rolls D&D stats the way they should have been rolled. Oh, 3D6, assign them as they go. No, that's not fun. 3D6. No, 46 and take the highest three is how my friends used to do it in 3.5. But RDM for 5th edition is very much the, uh, in the book at the beginning, uh, it's the point system. I hate points, bye. So that's, it makes me sad, and but that's how he does it, so whatever. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't, it's not like I wouldn't play it because it's points, but right? Like, eh. Our entire draw. world... Our entire world is his own world that he's been building for like 30 years. So it, the whole thing is, you know, house rule-y. So ha- house rule-ish. Absolutely. You know? Well, that's, so. sort of, yeah. that, that's sort of like the ultimate house rule is, uh, so I played a world in, uh, the last D&D I ran was 4th edition, so I won't talk about much besides that recently. But I ran a world where there was no, you weren't going to get magic items. If you got a magic item, it was a big deal. It's like finding a magic item in, you know, uh, in, in Middle Earth. Uh-huh. Like, it's an it's artifact. A big deal. But 4th edition, to its unfortunately discredit, was uh, based around the idea that you would have a certain amount of magic items at every level to keep you on par with the bad guys. Huh. Okay. So instead of that, I just took that math from the magic items and added that math into the main game so that you just got more bonuses. So like, oh yeah, by level 10, you should have plus 2 in everything. So I just added that plus 2 in by level 10. So I mean, no RDM just tailored the monsters to, uh, you know, whatever he thought we could almost die from. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so we're like hanging on the edge of the seat and I've got two hit points and this guy is, you know, rolling death's heads and, you know, nobody knows if we're going to survive, but somebody pulls a wand out of their ass and bam, we're, we're good. But it's back. always like right on the edge. You could die. 
my friend Eric's characters die all the damn time. I'm not sure what he does. <laughs> well, I kind of know what he does, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's he's had like four characters since I started playing a year ago. <laughs> oh yeah, so house rules in a role playing game are pretty much a fact of life. They're gonna happen. I have to embrace them. And in, in a role playing game, you just sort of work together to make it, you know, fix problems. Yes. Which sort of to wrap it all up so we can get to Gonzo's review of Legion in enough time for the movie section. Um, I feel like everyone should embrace house rules, but know that the entire point of them is to fix a perceived problem in the board, whether it be that you can't attack Brazil from Australia and needs to be fixed or, <laughs> uh, but it's, it's a perceived problem. You know, it's a perceived problem. He feels like there's a problem. So, you know, there you go. Or my thing where it's just counterintuitive for you to try and roll low on some rolls and high on the other rolls. It just, it, it doesn't help, especially, you know, some of those marathon role-playing sessions. You're like, Oh my God, what are we doing now? Just tell me what I need to roll. And I yeah. want them more invested in that. And I also like the sort of modern system where you can roll high, add numbers up, and get a, a good degree of success. I could see a lot of house rules. Uh, as you say, the modern system, like modern sensibilities in role-playing is very different from when they started out. So you can you can take a role-playing game like your champions from you know a long time ago and kind of bring it into the modern era with house rules. It also helps fix some things that we call sacred cows that maybe you don't feel like need to be sacred cows. Yeah. Like maybe the, the like I said, the, the caster kill and war machine being the end of the game. Maybe you don't like that. Well, then house rule it with your guys. As long as you and your group knows what's going on and you don't try to force anyone into that, um, you should be fine. And, you know, all house rules should be talked about amongst the entire group. You shouldn't just take the map and draw lines from Australia to Brazil. I think one more point to add before we go to the next section, um, as far as house rules goes, is a really important part is when you're incorporating younger family members into games. I often find that it is much easier to simplify rules mm-hmm. for a 7 or 12-year-old when they're entering their first tabletop game. And a good house rule for a younger player or any new player in general I think they should always win their first game, no matter what it is. You should definitely yeah. try very hard. If they don't win, it should, they should go like, oh, I didn't win because I did this. I see it. If you think they're at that point, you can do that. But otherwise, you should let them win. Um, and that's a good house rule for anyone new to a game, honestly, is just sort of lower it down so that they can they can have fun doing it. I 100% agree with that. Having, make it, make it a challenge, witnessed. but don't give it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Haven't witnessed somebody trying to draw more people into our Blood Bowl League, but absolutely hammering them in I their first game. I I'm don't like, play new people in Blood Bowl. I can't. I, I can't. There are definitely people who are good at playing new players and people who are not good at playing it with new players. Yes, yeah, very much yeah. so. There should be one in every group designated. Yes, and you should know who those people are. You're not the one. That's not true. One of our most competitive guys in the area is one of the guys I would absolutely trust with any new player because he's just he he knows how to dial it back. He knows how he'll win the game. He won't let them win, but he'll win in a way they're like, oh, I see why you won. Like he's explaining to them as yeah, they he, go he's, or whatever. He's really good at it. I'm yeah. Like, so, I mean, you have that, but, yeah. you know, 
but you should definitely house rule games for, for newer players to make things easier. Don't use the full rules. Make sure they know, like, we're going to play something a little basic just so you can know. Yeah, you or know. give them mulligans if they make a mistake. Uh, mulligans are the best part. Yeah, yes, mulligans an example of that uh, was when I was first starting to play War Machine. That is a very intense game with a pretty, yes. pretty strong learning curve there. Uh, for the first month or two, we didn't focus on berserk, trample, ambush, any of that excessive stuff. It was just get your models in the field, figure out the difference between focus and fury, turn order, basic tactics. Then we'll add themes and stuff as we go on. Mm-hmm. And that and that's that's sort of the thing, you know. You should maybe talk with your your, your people if you've got newer players coming in. Like this is how we're going to run games against new players. It becomes sort of a house rule. Against new players, you do it this way. Yeah. Take it step by step. Don't yes, cast or kill one B. <laughs> no, no. In fact, try not to cast or kill at all. Try and find the other way of winning, or do it like in some late in the game, like oh, I see. Let them get their caster up and try and do stuff. And be like, oh, I see why you got to be careful. Yeah, give them a give them a sporting chance. Yes. Do you want to do your uh, review? We've got uh, nine minutes before movies and media. Yeah. Um, your me... review. Yeah, give me a second. Let me rinse off my brush and I'll put it back over to the other cam so we can look at it from there. Uh, God, just all I did was a crap ton of dry brushing on that model. Yeah, well, that's the great thing about doing metallics is uh, making it black and then dry brushing that metallic paint on there. Really, really. Yeah, because I'm gonna I'm gonna dry brush and do the, all the metal. After I do all the metal, I will go back and I'm gonna paint. I'm gonna paint the armor plating the the typical gray. That gray. Yeah, the typical yeah. gray. You're not gonna uh, paint it black and blue. No. Oh, that would be so cool. I might. I don't know. I'll do it. All right. I really, I really thought he was going to. I might. I might. I don't know. I have no clue. It's all a painting process. <laughs> um, okay, so people were asking about um, Star Wars Legion. Yes. Um, I did a bunch of demos of it at Adepticon. Um, it got really dark in here. Um, and I did, um, I've played, I've actually only played one game. Um, and then we took our time with it to learn the rules and get things done. Um, but I have done a lot of list building. Um, and I've also looked at a lot of the, uh, models and started really going over the detail, um, for it. And there, whenever we played last week, I didn't have enough troops. I only had the small amount of troops on there. Mm -hmm. Um, I only had two units, uh, and they tell you you have to have a minimum of three units to play the game. Um, and there's a reason behind that. And I figured out quite quickly because uh, if you lose a piece and all you have is, you know, two units, you're going to have a hard time catching up and winning at that game. It's going to be a major, major problem um, to do that. You need all, you need a lot of shots. You need troops. You need a lot of troops. And you need your troops outfitted with a lot of different things. It's okay to have, okay, one unit's got a rocket launcher, one unit's got an ion gun. You need all those things to win in the game. Um, the really, really, really good part of the game is when you measure, which everybody's seen your movement sticks, which I'm painting mine up a little bit. I'm going to do some OSL in between the cracks and just do like some cool. red in the cracks. Um, you put this on your leader model and you, woo, chair almost fell over. Uh, you bend it to wherever you need to go and that's where your model is. 
Um, you can walk through your own troops. So a good way to do this is you can just lay this down on a leader guy. And if you're walking through one of your own units, you just put it here and then you can overlap all the other people. Um, also for shooting, um, which I'm painting up my range sticks also. I'm going to do like red glow in between all the little ridges and stuff. And you can put these down. You know, if it's a range two, you put two, two sticks together and blah, you do that. Um, and what's really cool is you can get really close with your measurements, but if you really, really want to be precise, move all the other models out of the way. As long as you don't move the leader model, you're good to go. That's, so, and that's one of the things I like about Legion. Yeah. So, I mean, you can go and go, all right, I need to measure from here to here, but I got like three of my own guys in the way because they're within the, you know, the leadership marking. So I'm going to move all my models, but my leader model. Measure it out. Yep, I'm in. I'm in range. Put all the, put all the models back to where they were, and you're good to go. Mm -hmm. um, really good. Uh, the game moves really quickly. Once you figure out what dice to use, it moves by super super quick. Um, the combat is pretty simple and easy. I roll my dice to hit you. However many successes I I rolled, that's how many defense dice you have, depending on your defense dice of your model. And if you can defend, because some things you can't defend against, um, and you take the models away that have died. You take everything except for the leader model uh, until he's the last person, and you're good to go. Um, figuring out, like, cover and terrain and stuff like that, super easy, not a problem. Um, if this game was a pre-painted game, I don't think it would be as popular, in my opinion. I think them going non-pre-painted, where you have to build your own models and paint them and everything, has really stepped them up. I think whenever they saw people repainting all their X-Wing models, they were like, we've got to not do pre-painted models. Hmm. Um, That's probably why they did Imperial Assault uh, unpainted also. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that, I think that was an intentional. Um, plus, you can make really cool-looking units. Um <laughs> Objective and stuff, because everything's got an objective. And the way you pick your scenario and the table is very, very cool. Um, so whenever you make your game, you've got your 800-point army that you've got. Uh, you lay out these three rows of cards. Um, you've got three rows and three of each one. Uh, whoever goes first chooses one of those cards to get rid of that's on the far left-hand side. So... If he doesn't want to play, if you got a lot of shooting and you don't want to play with fog and that's on the far left-hand side, you get rid of that and you just turn it over and you're done with it. Uh, then the second, the next person gets to choose another card and gets to choose a left-side card and gets rid of it uh, until, you're, until everybody's done and everything's been picked and you've got um, the leftmost card is the card you're going to use. Uh, so it has a setup of the scenario, uh, how you set up on the table, and any objectives. Um, and I think that's a really cool way to make sure that you get things done the way you want them to. Yeah, it's uh, very spiffy. It, it's it's a more interesting way of doing it than having the two list format. Correct. So if you've got a heavy uh, vehicle army, which uh, General Veers is going to be coming out for the Empire, and he's got a lot of good vehicle uh, abilities, it's going to be good to make sure that you've got you don't have like a ton of you know line of sight blocking or effects that affect your shooting power or movement power or whatever. Um, so you can kind of tailor 
the battlefield to your liking. Um, certain vehicles are really stupid powerful. Um, losing your leader can be a real big pain in the ass. Uh, leaders don't die quickly. Uh, unless someone just decides to put everything into a leader model, like Luke Skywalker or Darth Vader. Um, but cover is a mandatory thing to take. Don't walk out in the open field. Give yourself cover. Give yourself a way to block yourself. Um, objectives are pretty simple. You lay out these three different objectives, stand by it, and by the end of the rounds and turns, when the game's over, you get that many points. And here we have the points win. Um, abilities... Out doing all your abilities um, and outfitting your guys is going to be really, really careful. You got to be really careful because um, I'll tell you right now, destroying someone's calm so they can't give out orders is going to be really popular. Um, speeder bikes with the ability to shut down long range communication is really going to be pushing how people test it out uh, because typically you can give orders out to a certain radius. Um, but there's going to be abilities that shut it down where it's even smaller radius, so you can't do that very well. Um, certain force powers from your leaders are going to be taken, just because it makes it a whole lot easier. Um, oh, there goes my alarm. It's 8 o'clock. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, it, it, it's really, really good, really fast, really easy. Um, they got a lot of stuff already coming out. Um, right now we've got snow troopers, uh, general veers. Oh, that would be so cool. Um, Han Solo, Princess Leia, Rebel Scouts, I think is what they're called. And that's coming at, that's, uh, that's on the next, um, the next troop unit. They're in, or Rangers or something like that. There's a new Rebel unit coming out, uh, that they said. Um, I can't remember what it's called. Um, what else? Um, they've got, a, I mean, they've got so many things that they can go with and do that it's not even funny. Um, they're... I have a feeling that people are going to... You play at 800 points, which is a lot of stuff. Uh, typically, it's me. Um, you typically can't field... You field three troops minimum, but you're going to want four, which doesn't leave much room on the uh, the vehicles and ATSTs and powers and stuff like that. But you're probably going to want to start playing at 1,000 points. Uh, a thousand points is where it's probably going to be at when it when it comes to the real Star Wars feel. Three sets of jet bikes flying around, you know, four troops and ATS. You know, it's just I think that's where it's going to be really fun. Um, but I think they're uh, going to be really good. I oh. can't wait to see everything coming out for this. They're called Rebel Commandos. Commandos. Oh. Yeah, I knew there were some. There were there was a re rebel. They're like the Endor troopers, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, and all have their same different abilities. Everybody's got different things that they work with and do. So they all have a niche. Um, one of the things I didn't think was going to be useful was grappling hooks. <laughs> but they are because climbing is no bueno. No climbing. You will lose your guys quick to climbing. If you don't have the good, if you don't have grappling hooks, uh, and you're going to have to climb to get to objectives because if your opponent takes an objective and puts it on top of a building and you don't have grappling hooks and he does, you're, you're screwed. I also um, love when terrain becomes uh, part of the game in that way. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, definitely. Um, points. Um, special characters are definitely going to cost a lot more than anything else. Um, Vader's like, what, 200? Yeah, Vader's 200 out of your 800. And that's not counting his force powers. 
That's yeah. just the base cost of him. Um, He's so, he so good slow, though. I mean, but once he gets into, you know, hand-to-hand, devastating. Yeah. He's so slow. But here's the thing. Um, orders. Whenever you're doing your orders and you're choosing who's going to go first and second, because you look at your cards and you look at the pips that are on there, and whoever's got the lowest pip wins the order. Um, I learned quite quickly, don't play your slowest pip on your first turn. Your fastest. Don't play a one or a two on your first turn. Your first turn is pretty much just moving into cover and getting into locations. Play that really slow one that doesn't do much for you, but there also is one where Vader can get shuffled back in. Um, because okay. Vader has an ability which I didn't get a chance to use, but I wanted to use it so bad. Where he can pull in troops, he can he can walk up, and then he can pull in a unit of troops to him, and then he can fight him in hand to hand. Like he's become a leader of uh, the unit, and no, no, his. Well, no. What it is is if, he's, if Vader walks up and he uses this force ability, and he's within I can't remember what the distance is of the unit. The entire unit is pushed that directly towards him. So he can just sit there and just wipe the crap out of them. Uh, oh, Vader's okay, a the badass. Unit. Yeah, your opponent's unit. Yeah, uh, the, the answer to Vader is to run away. Yes, <laughs> don't go near Vader. If he comes near yeah. you and he's within that distance, yeah. run the hell away. Yeah. Uh, Luke, you can't run from Luke. Uh, Luke has one of the coolest yeah. abilities in the game where he gets to leap over buildings. Uh, he's got force jump, so he can jump over buildings and ignore terrain. And you think you're safe behind this building, and he's like, nah, fuck you. He jumps over and just wipes you out. <laughs> um, it's a lot of fun. Um, I have seriously thought buying a 3D printer just so I can make terrain for it. <laughs> because there, I mean, there's no terrain like the Star Wars terrain right well, now. Well, you know, there's libraries that have uh, 3D printing capabilities, so... You find a local library that does that. Yeah. I mean, it's... Guys, and the thing is, if you get in right now, the game is very cheap. Uh, if you can find two people that'll buy it and one of them choose Empire, one of them choose Rebel, you're pretty much set. Um, because you'll cheap-ish. get... Cheap-ish. Yeah, cheap-ish. Um, but you, if you split a box set with somebody, you'll definitely make a good amount of money off of it. Um, because if you choose Empire... You're getting four units of troopers, uh, two sets of bikes, uh, two Vaders, you know, if you want to paint up some stuff. Um, you'll be good and solid for a good 800-point army. Um, all you What's would have to the do... Average, what do you think the average army is going to be, though, for somebody who's throwing down or for a tournament? Tournament's 800 points. That's their average that they tell you to play. Okay. Um, okay. If you were to split a box with somebody and you split and each one of you took a side... Um, all you would probably need to buy is an ATST, and you're done, and you're good and solid, okay. and you have an 800 point. Um, so definitely that. I highly recommend it. I like it. It's a lot of fun. It's quick. It's easy. Not a lot of rules. Not a lot of problems. A plus for me. Awesome. Um, let's go and do our giveaways since we um, need to. Um, All let's right. go ahead and give. Let's have our uh, patron uh, reward out because we got okay. that. How many of those do we have? How many uh, guys do we have at that? We have three right at that right now. So three, three people. Uh, let's see. Let's say Jackie. She will be our Vanna White. Give us a number one through three, Jackie. One through three. One, two, or three. Roll that three cider. <laughs> what? What's your number? Three. Three. Uh, Jonathan Xander has won the new miniature this month. Kathy, 
I will get yeah, you his address. He's going to get miniature heavy today because uh, he also oh, got awesome. the one from uh, yeah. me. Um, all oh, right. did he get the heretic? Yeah, he got the heretic, my heretic painting. Oh, good for you, John. I wanted it. It was it's very cool. <laughs> and that's in the mail. Um, so Xander got that, which is other than that. And so now let's look at it and let's do our Twitch giveaway. So I've got it all set up uh, for the other one um, between Twitch and Facebook Live. Thank you, sir. Uh, people who are following us on either. Um, we have nine people. Okay. Um, so. And I, I, I'd rather use a random number generator and just have Jackie tell me if I should start over at Facebook or start on uh, Twitch. Start on Twitch. On Twitch? Yeah. Okay, that'll be number two, which is Kovnik Scotty Potty, because Electrical Skateboard is not a... It's a bot. <laughs> I checked it out I, while we were waiting. I was I went and checked him. He actually just restreams uh, smaller Twitch uh, channels, which is very cool. But, All right. So, Kovnik so, uh, Scotty Potty, make sure you get us your email address, and I will send that out to you as soon as possible. Um, other than that... Um, if you did not win, turn in next week. I'm going to be giving away a lot more crap. Oh, yeah. I have a ton of stuff to give away, guys. Um, so... Other than that, Kovnik, can you send me a Facebook page or whatever? And I will do that. If you haven't, if you're not a follower, guys, just click follow. It's simple and yeah. easy. It helps us out. Um, Doesn't cost you anything. Yeah, nothing at all. Like I said, if you're also a Facebook, if you're a Amazon Prime user oh that's a good point said that on facebook yeah uh so on uh, uh so uh john durham said uh, could you maybe howl for brand the young space pup who recently passed away from cancer um that's oh, actually yeah. uh yeah i've said over facebook uh basically he was a big fan of space wolves and they're going to put him in the books but unfortunately before any of that could actually come to fruition it was announced but i think he, he passed before any of that could get released. yeah so. I will do an old school classic, Ron, for him. Ron. Ron. Always sad. All right. Uh, so media section presented by, who is it? Kathy? Me? Yeah. Oh, wait. <laughs> Moving it's over. it's uh, Tectonic uh, Craft Studio. Oh, good work. <laughs> I did the thing Gonzo always does to me to you. I'm sorry. It's a vicious cycle. <laughs> hey, but I actually was able to spit that out. But Archidan, uh is a friend of mine. So I should know that uh, Tectonic Craft Studio puts out some amazing uh, laser cut, uh, laser burn, laser etched terrain stuff and objective markers and bases. And now they're making dungeon tiles. Yeah, he's doing cool stuff. So, yeah, check him out, Tectonic Craft Studios, if you can spell it. If you can't, just look at the top left-hand corner of your screen. There it is. Yeah. You know what? Google kind of makes that shit up, too. So throw that in the Google, and, and it'll figure it out. So Sorry, movies. my dogs are going crazy. So, Jackie, do you have any movies slash TV shows slash books slash music that uh, you've been uh, wanting to talk about this week? 
Oh, I didn't know we could add books. Um, Absolutely. Well, media. I read a book this week because I was playing Sea of Thieves all week. Uh, but I did watch a series. <laughs> I watched uh, Gonzo's favorite, The Fine Art of Anime, and how much he likes Americanized anime. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Avatar The Last Airbender, Airbender was a very Airblender. good anime. <laughs> Airblender. <laughs> I like it. That's the sixth of um, and they had a second series called Legend of Korra, which I never really got into. It played on TV spotting. Friend let me borrow it, so I watched the series. It's good. I loved it. Yeah. I, um, my complaint is they incorporated a lot of CGI at scenes that mm-hmm. I think they could just hand-drawn. They would have looked nice. Uh, but I really liked it. It had a lot of uh, symbolism. Kind of like you could see early America in it, industrial era. I enjoyed it. If you like Airbender, you might as well watch it because it's all you got. Besides the M. Not Shyamalan movie, which is so good. Every time that movie's on TV, no matter what, I put it on and I watch it. I'm sorry. Would you call it a guilty pleasure or are you masochistic? I think it's masochistic. I like to uh, really hate it the whole time I'm watching it. Fair. Oh. Uh, That's so, a bad though. Not much more thieves. What do you uh, give it? Um, it's good, but I don't think it's great. Uh, the first series was so good, I wouldn't give it something like that. Uh, what's your rating system? One through how many drinks? <laughs> Zero <laughs> through five shots of Kraken. Or however many you feel or it merits. If X it's of Y, five. whatever you whatever you want to do. Um, season one and three, zero shots. Season two, three, four shots. Okay. Season two, no bueno. <laughs> Just a bit. Fair enough. <laughs> Kathy, what did you watch? I saw Thor Ragnarok finally last night. Um, and I really liked it. Now, I hadn't seen any of the other like Thor movies and I'm woefully lacking in my Marvel Universe viewing. I have seen several of them. I have seen the Avengers movies uh, and the Guardians of the Galaxy and stuff and I'm looking forward to Infinity Wars. Also, I already have a ticket I'm told, so (laughs) yay. Uh, So You know, with that history, I went into Thor Ragnarok without expectations, except for knowing that I like the Hulk. Uh, And I really enjoyed it. There were a few uh, moments that I thought were kind of lame as far as the Hulk goes. Uh, I'm not going into details because I don't, my brain doesn't work that way. Uh, I just remember thinking, yeah, that's, that Hulk moment probably didn't really need to exist in my universe other than that i i really enjoyed the hell out of it i thought it was hilarious and hella was awesome and uh the really gigantic now i don't remember his name you know the fire guy with the skull thing for these yeah i loved that i thought that was so cool and you knew what was going to happen you knew you knew that that head was going to find its way into spoilers the eternal flame what why are you going to yeah, ruin sorry, it for me? Sorry to break that to you, but I had that one figured out. Um, right about the time Thor first strapped it to his back. 
having never seen any other Thor. So, <laughs> but yeah, I I liked it. So that was that's my one media thing that I have uh, to offer this week. Uh, yeah, Thor Thor Ragnarok was good. Um, if it has any fault, it's that it totally undercuts any serious moment with humor. But that's sort of kind of a fault, kind of not. <laughs> I loved it. Gonzo. I thought the the, the best watch? part of the movie was the very beginning. Um, that actually, was very funny, yeah. I did not get a chance to um, watch a single thing this week. Uh, I had to catch up. Yeah, I had to catch up on some TV shows um, because certain things came back, and I had to watch and catch up on a few of my TV shows. What were um, you watching? Uh, I caught up on a few episodes of Gotham, which I really like. Gotham. Um, it's just a really good, fun show that I like. Uh, I like the way they're doing it. I know it's a new twist and a new play on the Batman universe, DC universe, but I really like it. Um, I watched that. Of course, caught up on my Walking Dead. Um, a couple of other things, but I didn't get a chance to watch a lot of movies. Um, I didn't even get to go to the game store on Monday because I was just so busy with work and so busy with other things. Um, but I have been listening the hell out of uh, your book, Kathy, uh, The First Law. Um, been listening to that nonstop. Uh, like I have a 20 minute ride to work. I put it in for 20 minutes. Um, whenever I was going to listen to it when we were working on the podcast, uh, make sure thing was set up correctly, but I didn't get a chance to. Um, so I've been really enjoying the book. It's actually starting to now get into the meat of the story and how everything's going and all the characters are starting to make sense. I'm starting to feel for the characters. I'm starting to enjoy the characters more. Um, definitely really, really worth what I'm seeing. Um, I can't wait to see where it's going. I'm glad that there's only the three books, so I don't have to worry about an end to it. Uh, there's going to be this end at the end of the third book, and I'm happy about that. Um, if you like books that are, and I don't even want to call this high fantasy, but fantasy where the uh, magic is super freaking powerful. Read it. Um, the characters are really good. Um, the characters mean a lot. Um, the characters have a lot going for them. Um, the one thing I do like is Nine Fingers. Nine Fingers is one of my favorite. Um, oh, and yeah. Ulway or Ultway or whatever. I can't, I can't remember his name. Um, but there's a, there's a lot of separate stories going on. So if you can't keep track of it, um, read it instead of listen to it. Um, but definitely I'd give it a, I'd give it a shout out and give it a chance. Um, I can't wait to see where it's going to go. I really, really, really like, uh, the magic in this world. The magic is something you don't, you don't screw with. It's not like, oh, I cast a fireball and it blows up and it kills a few people. No, I catch the surrounding area on fire to the intensity of the sun and everybody turns to ash in a few seconds. And I'm unhurt. Let's walk on. Um, wow. Yeah, there's <laughs> there's no... Trip. Yeah, there's no... I throw a magic missile. I if, nuke if, I nuke my area and walk away. So, it, it, it's pretty powerful. They're, the characters, like I said, the characters are really good. And the guy that's reading the book uh, can do voices really well. So, you can... 
without him saying what character it is, you can immediately tell what the character is. Who reads is it? Do you know um, who reads it? I'm not sure. Um, let me see if I can find that out real quick. It's uh, not like my roomie reading uh, or listening to the audiobook of Ready Player One and have Will Wheaton reading yeah, it, yeah. even the part where Will Wheaton is mentioned. <laughs> yes. <laughs> which has got to be meta as hell. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know who who read it, but the guy's got a really good um, skill for voices. And like one of the characters has most of it, most or almost all of his teeth are gone. And so he's got a really good list, but he just can't talk really well. And it's really good. He pulls it off flawless the whole time. I don't want to know how long it took him to get that and hold it. Um, but it's interesting because there's a lot of cultures in the, in the book um, of way things happen and the way things work. And like this one nine finger comes into the city and he's like, there can't be a hundred thousand people in this city. That's impossible to have a hundred thousand people in one city. Uh, and just the culture shocks and everything going on. So I highly recommend it. I'm not done with it yet. Um, but for right now, I would definitely give it a read. So the first book's called The Blade Itself? Uh-huh. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, it's narrated by Stephen Pacey. Yeah. I don't know who that is, but there you go. Yeah, it's really good. Google. So I highly recommend it. Uh, like I said, I've been doing audiobooks now while I paint and drive. Oh, he's from Blake 7. So. He's old school. Yeah, he is old school. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Um, but like I said, I didn't have any movies or TV shows. I just, you know, was kind of catching up. I just had catching up on TV shows, which were good. Well, I watched two movies this week. Um, Wednesday, I went to the theater, and, the cheap theater, second run, and saw Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, since it was still in the theater. And I figured I can rent it for like four ninety nine, or I can go to the theater and see it for three bucks. Any <laughs> popcorn. Any popcorn and have the theater all to myself. And? So I did, and uh, it was very good. Uh, a little high schooly for my tastes nowadays. I feel like my rating would have been much higher if I'd seen this when I was in high school. Um, and I feel like uh, I mean, it's like so. The Rock played out of out of his normal comfort zone. Did a great job. Karen Gillan was great. For my taste nowadays. Um, Jack Black was amazing. Uh, the guy who played the bad guy, who was also in Ant Man, I forget his name. He was solid. And then Kevin Hart was Kevin Hart. He was funny, but he didn't really break any new ground. Um, but it's a very enjoyable movie, uh, a very worthy update, reboot, slash sequel to Jumanji. Um, good action. Uh, really, really just an enjoyable movie. I, I give it uh, I'm going to give it a shot of Kraken because it was just wow. fun and enjoyable. I definitely suggest checking it out. Uh, I feel like if I'd seen this when I was a kid, it would have been zero shots of crack and <laughs> hands down just because it's just so enjoyable. But for us older guys, the high schooliness of it sort of takes you out a little bit. Um, I also feel like it could have been probably I think it was rushed a little bit at points because I feel like most of the characters evolved a bit, except for the one played by Kevin Hart, where he just sort of went from a to be there was nothing really in between he didn't didn't feel like he learned his lesson he should have learned from it that they were going for gotcha which is take responsibility for your own actions and you, you bastard <laughs> um he, he should have been the least likable but kevin hart is hilarious so he's he's not the least likable um but yeah definitely give it a shot give it check it out however you can cheap it was it's surprisingly enjoyable it had gotten good reviews i mean hell 
think when it came out, it's still in the cheap theater, taking up a spot there, and they only have six cinemas, so impressive there. And then the other movie I watched since last week, I watched uh, Pacific Rim Uprising. I felt like I would rewatch uh, Pacific Rim. Ooh. And boy, that's just as enjoyable uh, now as it was the first time I saw it. That is pretty much the definition of a movie that's it's it's not like high cinema but it's made almost perfectly there's like maybe one scene i would change that's just like really you did that you know that's one where it punches into the building and hits the 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 momentum thing and it starts going i'm like that was really come on really <laughs> a little rough but other the action's still super fun the story is tight and super followable the acting is really solid i actually really like uh charlie hunnam people like dissed him a lot for this movie and i don't know why i i thought he was really enjoyable uh did his role well he he felt like he showed the proper amount of respect for the material like they're talking about these jaeger and uh and kaiju names and he's just selling it like it's a real thing and i think that's the best part of the movie is that it, it it this stuff should be silly and people should be laughing while they say it but they're not they take it seriously like it's a real thing in their world and i i think that's a sign of just doing a good job um so obviously i own that on blu-ray man you should definitely if you haven't seen it good lord where have you been it's giant robots and mon giant monsters how, how can you go wrong it is still zero shots of kraken um the sequel uh, I mentioned last week was pretty good. Um, watching this, I actually feel like you see that uh, the sequel may be uh, better than people think. I know uh, Menoth John gave it a really poor rating. I had to call him out on that. <laughs> he called it one of the worst movies ever. And I'm like, no, you've seen Atlantic Rim. Ever? Dude. Ever? Uh, that being said, this is another public service announcement. Do not watch Atlantic Rim. You have better things to do with your life. Is the emoji <laughs> movie better? The emoji movie is way better than Atlantic Rim. It's not close. There you go. It's not close. <laughs> I mean, you have better things to do with the emoji movie. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, at least that's but, got Patrick Stewart in it. I mean. Uh, he's, he's, he's really underused in it, though. You, you weren't here for my review of it. I, I watched it. I reviewed it. He's underused. It's Watch the Lego movie instead. You want that kind of movie? Just watch the Lego movie. They did it right. But Pacific Rim, still zero shots of Kraken. Super fun, super enjoyable. I, I love their world. I really hope that Uprising does good enough between here, foreign markets, and video that they do another sequel. Now, I'd heard that originally they were planning on doing a sequel as a Netflix series, and God, that would be so good. Because I feel like... If there's a problem with the second one is that they, they sort of crush it all into a movie. They could have run it out thing different. And uh, another thing that came to my mind watching uh, Pacific Rim is that it doesn't follow the standard three-act structure of a movie very well, which is good. Because normally, you know, first act, heroes do great. Second act, heroes get their butts whipped. Third act, heroes come back and are victorious. No, this is first act, heroes get their ass whipped. Second act. Heroes get their ass whooped, but are victorious in the end. Third act, heroes win. It's really kind of weird for that. And it's I think it's extra enjoyable because of that. It's never do you feel like, oh, yeah, the heroes are going to do fine. They're going to be fine. Oh, God, they're just getting their ass whooped. What happened? Um, 
But yeah, super enjoyable. I love this kind of movie. They need to make more giant robot versus giant monster movies so I can watch them all. Oh, yeah. <sighs> so here we go. Next week, I'm going to review Watchmen, the director's cut, because I haven't seen it. Yay. I can't wait to see your uh, opinion on that due to the fact that I've seen uh, it and you've read, and you've read the I graphic have, novel. I, I, I very much enjoy the graphic novel. Um, um, also, I mean, I've seen clips from this, so I know quality. Well, I mean, Zack Snyder. If there's something you say for Zack Snyder, is his visuals are very good. Yep. So I know that's not your problem, which is good. So I can sit back and focus. And I hear this is one of his better better movies. I enjoyed I mean, the hell out of it. 300 is enjoyable for all the proper reasons of... I mean, it's not good, but it's enjoyable. Mm-hmm. So I expect I will enjoy this. Uh, I look forward to seeing it. I'm not going to be too harsh on judging it versus the graphic novel. I know the Black Freighter part isn't in there because you can't put the Black Freighter part in a movie. It would destroy the flow of the movie. To be honest, in the comics as they came out, it was probably fine. But in the graphic novel, the Black Freighter parts almost destroy the momentum of the graphic novel. Yeah. There's also another thing that can't be put in there, but you'll, you'll have to wait and see. Oh, yeah. I, I think I know what you're talking about, too. But, yeah. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that. And then uh, maybe we'll see some more movies. We'll see. Uh, I think my free time is coming to an end, which would be awesome. But that means I'm going to binge on whatever I can binge on. Yep. Guys, um, Jackie, thanks for the impromptu join of the the cast today. Um, Next time, I'll make sure not to click on you. That way, you won't yell at me later. (laughs) (laughs) We appreciate you being on the podcast, Kathy. um, We'll be working on what's our next model that we're going to be giving away next month. That's a mm-hmm. uh, that's a Mantic Games Lizard Man guy with the glowy. The, the, the other one from the OSL. With yeah. the OSL, okay, um, yep. okay. Um, the one with the horn thingy on his head. The horn thingy on his head. Uh, yeah. John, you will have what coming up? Are you gonna have a Super Bear this week? Super Bear this week. It's right here on the recorder. Just need to up- upload it to you. Um, okay. Back she plans stuff. It's crazy plans everyone got got along they made efforts it was healing <laughs> it was good i still think i was drunk and, a hip, and and not remembering it properly but we'll see um also this wednesday we will be streaming and doing another dawn of the harbinger uh like i said uh, if you can watch and listen uh we won't be responding to anything on there because this is going to be you know purely role play uh but you can download it when we're done and jackie and i have something planned um her and i are going to review the dark age board game or excuse me um, Dark Souls, Dark Souls board game uh, together and talk about that since it seems to be such an awesome game and we're going to go over that for a bit uh, so look for that sometime this week other than that guys I think that's it for the day another one in the can and did we mention uh, uh, not only Tectonic Craft Studios but uh, Broken A Games as a huge sponsor for our yes. podcast so it's thank fun. you Broken A Games uh, which, guys, they will be having something uh, for y'all soon. Um, we are coming close to the final edges, working with Bro- uh, Mechanica, uh, Mechanica Studios for some stuff that we got going on. Um, and there will be also be a giveaway once that is finished, too, uh, to one of our lucky listeners. 
um, and that will be coming up. Uh, we're just going through the final stages. And once all that's done, we're going to try to get both of them on the podcast at the same time. Tectonic Crafts, or, um, Broken Egg Games and Mechanical Studios to talk about graphic design work and what it takes to take a product from conception to physical. Um, so that's kind of we're waiting on that. We just want to get all the product ready for y'all when we can. Boom. Shaka-laka-laka. <laughs> and that brings us to the end of episode 32 of the more than dice podcast and other than that guys good night i'm gonzo i'm, I'm kathy and you're jackie <laughs> night guys or frisbee's on wednesdays goodbye frisbee's the one that gets everybody in trouble that sounds awesome I'd like to get in trouble with somebody called Frizzbiz. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, if we keep on going back between <laughs> Frizzbiz or Fizzbiz at one point, I don't think we... It's we... pretty interchangeable. I answered both. Yep. <laughs> well, you, you, I could see it being crossed with Fizz gig. You know, or Fizzbiz Wig from, you know, the classic Christmas Carol. Fizzbiz? Fizzbiz? Oh, that's a name I haven't heard in years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The one character's been calling uh, Frisbee's Fritzy all the, top, the whole time. She's been answering to that just as equally. <laughs> oh, it's like Norrin calls uh, my roommate's character, or temporary character, Bubblegum, because she's got pink hair like you. <laughs> <laughs>